Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast, a brief blathering Bunces Bollocks Brigade as we blithely bother ourselves on the bothersome brief of belting our booze our beloved endured of late. I'm not sure that made sense, but it's just me and the punt, so let's get at it. It was brilliant on Saturday, and the only booze were sarcastic booze. Am I right? Yeah, I think you're right. It was it was night and day in terms of the atmosphere and the fact that I don't know. Wagner came out and he almost has he played a blinder. Has he? Is it a complete masterstroke? And the fact that he's drawn a line in the sand and gone get behind us. I think the players have, have perhaps reinforced that message as well. Everyone just seemed to be on board. Everyone was like, yeah, we're going to get behind you. Like we understand the remit despite, you know, what might happen and we'll maybe get into it a bit later, but despite what might happen in the summer, um, it just felt like everyone was together. And that isn't even as a result of, oh, look, actually we're winning 3-1 and everything's fine. It was at 1-0. Like the people genuinely got behind the yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it felt Carroll Road felt like a, a together place again. Now, like that might only be one game. You know, we've said on this podcast before that you know Wagner does still always seem to be like two results away from um, it all turning. But I think it's probably a, he's gone a bit further than that now, and it, it feels like people are invested. People feel like we can make the top six, um, and the season could end in something that, let's be frank we didn't really expect, you know, kind of like two, three months ago. So it all feels a bit rosy. It all also feels a little bit like it's completely reliant on Josh Sargent. Um, and that in of itself is a bit of a worry, given that he's he's being managed and he's nursing an injury and, you know, kind of all of those types of things. But whilst he's fit, whilst we've got this momentum, whilst Norwich are in a good place, like, it's great, isn't it? It feels suddenly feels really, really different. Well, he's a Jenga piece. We, we we've got two. We've got Johnny Rowe and we've got him. Where I mean, I, I also feel that if you took Kenny or Sarah out of the team, we would have a similarly massive drop off as well. But you know, th- those two have have kind of been demonstrated as massive Jenga pieces because when they're taken out, it we you know we've seen that just how how much not just. The team do you think that's off, the same but... with Kenny anymore? Sorry to interject, but do you th- like do you genuinely think that's the same with Kenny anymore? Like, given I, I how good Marcelino it's... Nunez has has been since he's come back, I actually think it's more the case now than I have at any season before. I mean, I've always been a Kenny stan, and and some of that is in jest because it's a because it's a it's a bit, but sure, mo now, yeah. So so I play up to it, but the but but I mean, really, objectively, this season Kenny has been so impactful. On, on our performances and, and, and setting the tempo. And I think sometimes when we are going through those lulls in a game, and there were a couple on Saturday um, against uh, Cardiff City, um, when we did start to go a bit slow again, and it did start to get a bit uh, ponderous, the atmosphere stayed good. And I do think it tends to be Kenny who goes, no, come on, let, let's actually fizz, fizz the ball instead of just rolling it. I agree that Nunes has been terrific of late, and, and he seems to really have understood the role that's being asked of him and um, I'm use, I'm giving him the, the, the benefit and the compliment rather than saying he's being used in a better way because I don't think he's I, I think we've tried to play him there before in the season you know I don't I don't think that there's been some great tactical masterstroke in terms of what what the coaching team have done around Master you know he, he just seems to, to to get it like he just seems to say oh, okay so I get to this point and then I hand it off and 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 that the, the, the positional 
discipline, the, the way that he unlocks Sara to be a menace going forward, you know, drifting out to the left as he tends to do um, from that central position, Sara, and, and, and putting in brilliant balls, winning corners. He, you know, and obviously having license to shoot from anywhere, he really does seem to be allowed to do that without anyone complaining. You know, and he's shown in his free kick the, the incredible ability that he has. So, no, I, I do think Kenny and Sarah would be similar. Luckily, we have, you know, touch wood, luckily we haven't had to endure massive gaps with, without them in the team this year. But but the thing with Sargent, maybe more so than Johnny, is Sargent makes such a difference to how uh, much of a useful asset Ashley Barnes is. You know, Ashley yeah. Barnes, when we are playing well as a team, uh, and and Josh Sargent is in it, looks like one of the best second strikers in the championship. He is the perfect complementary striker to play in a 4-4-2. He does not have the skill set to be a one. Um, and I, I'm not sure he would say, I mean, I'm sure he would have the confidence to try and do it. And we've seen him try and do it. And, you know, he will have scored goals when he's been on his own up front. You know, Burnley, for example, where they weren't exactly prone to playing lots of players in forward positions. Um but he is a brilliant second striker because he offers, he, you know, he will kind of drop in behind and clear out space for Josh to run into. He will make um, aggressively opposite runs to the runs that Josh is making to stretch defences and create spaces. He, he's really unselfish in this movement. Um, and he, he showed on Saturday that he will find be in the right place and finish a chance when given it questionable offside looking at the kind of screen grabs from from after the game but you know turns out it didn't matter um yeah I, I think Josh Sargent gives a better focus for the wide players in terms of the crossing I think the crossing of the ball is better when Josh Sargent is is there uh, and that doesn't that that's partly because of the, his movement but I think he makes such decisive runs that it means that Stacy or or Dimmy or, or Sam McCallum who's on in a good run of form at the moment they can have a quick look up and go, oh, okay, he's clearly running in that direction. Now let me look down and concentrate on getting a good contact with this ball and I know where I'm going to put it. So I, I feel that is that is the Josh, Josh Sargent effect is is the element that he raises those up around him. I think I think you're right in terms of Barnes. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't go so far as to say um, best or one of the best second strikers in the championship because uh, I, I don't feel like he's there. But I think what Sargent does, Sargent gives him legs. Sargent seems to give him intensity as well. Like it was really the the actual aggression in Barnes's running on Saturday seemed to be different, and it was almost like Sargent was leading by example, which seemed weird to me because you know we kind of were led to believe that it was the other way around, and Barnes was this good lad and you know dressing room character and all the rest of it, but. As you say, I think his levels have been raised off the back of Sergeant just going, no, nah, no, nah, this is how we do it. This is how we play. And this is how I'm going to charge people down or be effective in terms of running into space or or just be an option for the long ball. But I think that's the main difference for me is that Sergeant's physicality gives us an option, gives us a different dimension, gives us an out ball. Massive difference when it comes to Norwich because they don't it's not just as simple as all right press them high and it's going to be absolutely fine which you know tactically coaches seemed to work us out earlier in the season it's you know if if it's a gibson or a kenny or a you know whoever at the back you know who knows that they can dink one in behind and sergeant is gonna at best get onto the end of it and at worst cause a bit of a nuisance so that the ball coming back to us you know kind of is is maybe able to be contested in a, in a better fashion it just I've, I have. I don't think I've seen a Norwich City side 
this reliant on one individual since Darren Huckabee, maybe 0304. Well, there may well be similarities if the season goes well in terms of a post Christmas dragging us up and bringing yep. everyone up around him. Um, just a quick note on the, the weekend game in terms of, of everything going through one player and one player being key. I was really impressed with Ruben Colwell, the, the Welsh uh, kind of attacking midfielder forward. Um, I, I thought he, he looked a real player. Um, and it's, uh, there's been two or three times this season when we've played teams that have been having a bad day. Um, and there's been one or two that have really stood out for, for those teams. And, I, you know, I, I he's one who is only 21, six foot two. And almost everything he did in terms of receiving the ball, get, you know, creating space for players, playing reverse passes and anything that was positive happened around him. I, I thought he was brilliant. Um, so he, he's a name to look for in terms of potential um, uh, transfer activity if we were to kind of buy from the championship. Uh, but anyway, just wanted to, to mention that in terms of the, the booze, then let, let's let's touch on that. Um, the we, Claire of this parish made the suggestion Perhaps when someone goes off, it should be announced or it, it communicated somehow if it was a, a ta- tactical or an injury-related substitute substitution, um, which I thought was quite an interesting idea. Um, Sarge was almost trying to do that, though, wasn't he? He was like, no, yeah, he, he, like, he, if he was, you see the replays back, he's like, yeah. no, 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 I'm injured, lads. You know, it's... But 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 that I think that was misconstrued at the time of don't boo, don't boo, rather than there's a reason why I'm being taken off. You know, it's a, it's a tiny thing, but had he have done the sit down and do the uh, wiggle your hands and wiggle your fingers around each other, you know, I need to come off substitution um, as a, a sign language, then I don't think the booze happen. You know, no, I, I really I don't know, think they do. It, it's then a disappointing thing. Um, and it, it's it, I it's a really interesting point you made by up off, off the top 10 minutes ago about um, has he played a masterstroke up? At the time, I thought it was a really bizarre thing to to focus in on. Yep. After a four-two, uh, it felt like a come from behind win. We were never losing. Well, um, and also to slag supporters off on the eve of, oh look, do you want to renew your season tickets? Oh no, actually, yeah. you fucker, stay at home. Like you know, that just completely yeah. bizarre in terms of his choice of language. But we've, but we've, but in in retrospect, he has received no long-term well we can't say long term because it was a week ago he, he's received no short to medium term blowback because the performance was just tremendous on Saturday I mean, it, I mean if we'd have got seven goals against Cardiff it, it wouldn't have been against the run of play or, or unfair like we yeah. could have been three up before they scored you know we really were all mm-hmm. over them um including that offside goal we, we talked about and I, I, you know, Josh should easily have had a hat trick. Um, I mean, the one in the second half, he, he, which was for the hat trick, you could see how frustrated he was by that chance because he just thought oh, that was that. And there's was one the early door right there that Barnes pulls yeah. back from, which is probably his yes. best chance of the afternoon in fairness. Yeah, yeah. So look, I, I, um, I, I think that the, the the players we've we've talked about this during the ship run, the way they came out and said it's on us, it's not on him. We're not doing the things we're being asked to do. Duffy said that. Kenny said that. We heard that from multiple places in the team. Barnes said it. You know, be be, be angry at us. We are letting ourselves down. You know, that is where you should be angry. It's, you know, it's not the coaching staff. We are being given the tools to do the job, kind of thing. And at the time, we we you know, we recognised that they certainly had not at any point downed tools. They weren't not playing for him. And um, and 
it may well be that he's he's kind of gone with a siege mentality, and it may well be that you know we saw Barnes with an angry reaction when he scored a goal um, a while ago. You know when the as the transition from the latest David Wagner bag streak went into the latest David Wagner good streak. You know and again we, this is this is this is the Wagner experience. You know twelve games good, twelve games bad. That's that's what you get. Um, but, Don't say that because that means we're about to have the well, last no, no, twelve I mean, games I mean, of the season. Get, yeah, it means we get one more good one. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the, and then it goes downhill. But he's he's clearly got we we and likewise we've always said he seems like a super bloke. I I think that is a really united dressing room. Um, the way they celebrated the goals, the way that they seem to be trying to uh, let the crowd into the celebrations just a little bit more. It's been a little bit more insular some of the celebrations in the last few games, whereas now it seems to be a bit more kind of facing outwards to the crowd to celebrate. And um, I, I, I think maybe he has been playing that siege mentality card, maybe behind closed doors for longer than than yeah. he's been letting on, and that has maybe been a big part of the narrative of the season for the players. Um, that you know, we, we need to we need to show these guys they're wrong. You need to prove these guys wrong, and maybe that's what they've done. And it's a weird thing to have a siege mentality against your own fans, but if that's what's driven this this increased hunger, this increased fight for the second ball, and because that that's one of the tangible things that's different in under good streaky Wagner, the, the number of um, turnovers of possession that are, are very quickly ruled out by us winning the ball back. That, that that is just no last few games, you know, the last ten games at home unbeaten. That is what's so noticeably different. We spend longer in possession, meaningful possession, and when we do make a mistake, like Kenny's bizarre sort of scissor kick across his own penalty area um, on Saturday, then what he was trying to kick it out, Kenny. Anyway, um, uh, things like that tend to be nullified by his three or four mates swarming around the ball and making sure it doesn't turn into something worse. Yeah, uh, I'd completely agree with that. And to to go back to the the booing for a little bit, I know we're like you know nearly fifteen minutes in, and we're still talking about the boos. But I think it's look, we didn't talk about it afterwards after it immediately happened. We're in the aftermath of a, a couple of games where we've scored eight goals at home, so maybe this shouldn't be the the area of focus. But I think it's just worth highlighting, right? So there's two strands for me. One, booing during a match, especially a match that we are winning is never really going to be conducive to, you know, brilliance on a football pitch. And it was clear that it visibly affected the players. Is it understandable in terms of maybe the fact that Sargent went off, that there is some muscle memory from Wagner's poor substitutions earlier in the season, that there was the spectre of the QPR game where we just dropped points? Did it look like perhaps substituting a striker for a midfielder? Did that feel like it was a backwards move yes with hindsight was it probably not but but it, that is all against the backdrop of Watford did equalize that game was massively in the balance like it was it had become stretched at two all and it was essentially next goal wins it was fortunate for us that the ball ricocheted for Barnes and then Barnes had a bit of quality about him to put in Sarah and then Sarah produced an excellent finish because it wouldn't have surprised me at that point had Sarah missed that that we'd have gone on to lose that match, you know, and and these those are the kind of moments where seasons turn. So I think you know the first thing to say is, like, is booing productive? Absolutely not. But, and this is the but, it wasn't just a reaction to Wagner. It wasn't just a reaction to the a retreat into our shells. 
it it was more suggestive and this is what i tried to, you know tried to articulate in a piece i wrote on the website um probably went out on wednesday or thursday i can't remember but what i tried what i was trying to articulate is that this is more suggestive of an undercurrent of negativity that has, has been swirling around for months if not years you know in in terms of Dean Smith's tenure, Wagner's tenure, poor runs, perhaps ill-advised, you know, kind of PR. Um, and people have felt disconnected and people have felt that there is a toxicity around Carra Road. And for whatever reason, when things aren't quite going the way that people want it to, or, you know, decisions being made that are baffling, and let's be honest, it did look baffling at the time to take off Sargent and maybe not put a striker on or, you know, fresh legs with Van Hooydonk or whatever it might be. I can get why people did it. And I think for me that like remove all the noise about the individual being withdrawn or the manager or all the rest of it. I kind of called for the club to use that as a catalyst to go, right, something's wrong and something is wrong. Like let, let's not dress that up. Like they they have I I feel way less connected to Norwich City Football Club as a result of maybe the club's actions over the last couple of years. Um and I'm, I know for a fact, and we've talked about it on this podcast, a lot of other people do too. I think some of that sentiment was coming out in that particular moment. And it's that's where I feel like the club should, the club is the only one with the agency or the ability to now go, right, that happened. We need to acknowledge it. We need to acknowledge that fans perhaps aren't as engaged as they should be. And that maybe the core values of the football club aren't, as pervasive as they want to be in terms of transferring over to to the fan base, what can we do about it? What conversations can we facilitate? What what can we do? Because the club are the only one that can get all of or you know a lot of support groups in a room or do some more fan engagement or you know all of those bits or just actually walk the walk and live their values and demonstrate that they are what we hope that that, that the football club is. And I, and I think that's the point for me is that actually use it as a positive, use it as as something to channel so that we can have the football club that we want. And, you know, look, that might already be do- being done behind the scenes. The club have done some brilliant work in some aspects this season. If you look at, you know, kind of mental health videos, if you look at the work that they've done with the women's team, if you look at all sorts of things that, you know, do they understand? Do Are there people at the club that understand that, you know, we need to be steeped in the community and, you know, embrace our roots and all of those things? Yeah, they definitely are. Do the club communicate as, that as well as they should do? Probably not. And that's the bit for me. It's like, right, use it as an agent for change. Don't just write it off as, oh, if we win a few more football matches, everything will be all right. Let's stick our heads in the sand. Because that did not help under the Dean Smith tenure. It has not helped under the David Wagner tenure. It is, I think it is still a problem that will be there. Um, and as much as it felt brilliant for it to be completely united on Saturday, I think that is temporary and I think it's a 13 game, well, depending on how long the good run goes on for, but this is a, it's almost a stay of execution. Let's all band together towards the end of the season and then see what happens rather than, oh, we're all one again and everything's brilliant. Yeah, I think there's some some good points well made there. And in terms of the the run we've got coming up, we've got one game left in um, uh, February. But including that, and then throughout March, which is busy as it always is in the championship, March as we we, we actually pointed this out a couple of couple of pods ago. March is going to be effectively where this season is is won and lost. Um, the way that the way that the fixtures have worked out and the way that form has worked out to get us here, 
Norwich don't play anyone other than Sunderland up until the 1st of April in the top half of the table. That includes the bottom club. That includes uh, no teams that have got more than two wins in the last five at the moment. Um, and, and quite a few with worse form than that. We seem to be playing people. I mean, this is if we played them all today. Obviously, things are going to happen over the next three or four games. People are going to pick up results. But as it looks at it, we have got um, Sunderland, new manager bounce potentially, etc. coming up. But the, 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 the and you know we know that Borough are a good outfit and and um, you know, they've caused us some real issues. Um, Michael Carrick's team, you know, in the past. But um, we've got Sunderland coming up. We've got Borough coming up. Stoke, who are you know nineteenth at the moment. Rotherham are bottom. Um, Plymouth were seventeenth. Blackburn are sixteenth. You know that if you if you wanted to build some momentum, if you look at how well we've just dispatched fourteenth Cardiff. Yeah. You know that there is. You know, we we are not playing any. I mean, Sunderland will argue they are. That's why they've, they've they've decided to twist for the manager. And Middlesbrough are just about in it if you squint. And and I'm giving them a lot of credit for for having a good manager there. Um, I think that um, we're not really playing any playoff um hopefuls over the over the next five five or six games. Um, then you know that run abruptly ends with Ipswich and and Leicester. Then, you know, mm. into April. But the point is, at the end of March, if if we are not in the playoffs. I mean, and I don't mean like, you know, um, a win out like we are right now. One one win away from Hull with slightly better goal difference by goal or whatever. If we are not in fifth or sixth at the end of March, I, I think that's 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 done. Because you cannot have that run of games that we've got available in, in the next... If you can't pick up, we should be winning all but two of them. If we've got any interest in playoff form, you've got to win all but two of them. Because in theory, on paper, I don't know if it was on paper, but paper that, like they are games that... Our like you, you mentioned Hux in, in 0304, they are games that that team won. I mean, they would have won all of them. You know, they are games that the Lambert teams would win all but one of. Yeah, uh, and the only, and their their games that the Farker team would win all but the one that Emmy got sent off in. Although we, you know, I remember us beating QPR what three 0 when we got Emmy sent off. You know, that, you know what I mean. Unless something bonkers happens, there's a ridiculous penalty early on or whatever. We win most of those games if this is a playoff team. So if 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 Farker can keep that streak going, he is being dealt the the teams in the order. Um, to, to 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 potentially build an even longer and successful run, and if we are in fifth or sixth when it comes to um, you know those difficult April fixtures, we go into Leicester with a free hit. I mean, as it stands, they're nine points clear. They could have won it by then. <laughs> they're, they're nine point. They're nine yeah, points yeah. clear. Nine points clear a second. Um, so they might not have won the title. Um, um, but they're currently um, eleven points clear of fourth, which is you know Russ's lot. Um, it is very, very feasible that with you know five games to go, they are fifteen points clear, and therefore we might get them the day after their parade or whatever. <laughs> we might get them the day after their piss up. So who knows? Or we might get, get them like a win. A win gets win, you up, win, win, yeah, 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 which is the worst in. time possibly. Yeah, yeah. A, a winning in. But but the point is uh, that is a free hit, whatever, and yeah. it is for anyone playing them because everyone's just sort of handed them the title now, which is one of the reasons they're winning so comfortably because no one's going into these games expecting to beat them. Um, and then the um, uh, and then we've got obviously the Ipswich game, but irrelevant of the Leicester result, if if we are in those playoff places, we are going to have such confidence going into those games that you never know what what might happen on on, on any given day. And then we've got a re- you know relatively straightforward, um, you know back to normal, you know good team, bad team, good team, bad team to to finish the season. So it's not like we are playing all of the playoff teams in 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 the running. It's not. It isn't that we've we've dealt with. We've just had that run. Beat, I know, yeah. and we've beaten them. We've beaten them. And that's the weird thing. We've beaten the teams that we maybe wouldn't have thought we would, but we've actually then 
just prior to that didn't necessarily get the best results against a set of teams that we'd have felt that should be regulation. So like I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, like, like if you, it, it, you know, again, things can change, but you know, we've currently got, um, you know, Sheffield Wednesday, Bristol, Birmingham and Swansea um, are almost certainly going to have nothing to, to play for meaningfully at the top end of the league, at least. Um, Preston, say Wednesday, yeah, possibly will yeah. be fighting still on it, the... Potentially, yeah, because there's still five games left at that point, so they, they won't, yeah. probably won't be mathematical. And then Preston, um, they'll, they, you know, they need to start their charge pretty soon if they're going to still be relevant with four games left. But, you know, we'll see. Um, and so... You know, like again, you look at that, you think there's a couple of decent teams. You know, Bristol City and Preston are upper, a sort of upper mid table, lower top top half, but still decent outfits. Um, to to quote a recent Dion Dublin's um video, but if you have, if you look at that, you think, well, they are all winnable games. The majority of these thirteen are are perfectly that they, they, you know, a lot of the playoff chasers will have a lot harder running than us. So I feel like it's in it's in our hands if we can keep Josh fit, if we can keep Barnes fit. If we can keep Sarah and, and, and Kenny fit, the, the defence looks looks in, in good nick in comparison with what it has looked like. And and I think Angus is probably not quite getting as much praise as he should. I think he's made some really big saves in that difficult run against some of those playoff teams. And he is, it's almost, it's a bit like when a referee has a good game because you don't really mention him or notice him. I think Gunn is kind of having that kind of season. Like it's it's been pretty much howler free. Um, and it's been some good saves when he's been needed and he just he comes and gets the ball when you need him to and he doesn't do silly punches and he doesn't he's not slow off his line which have been the knocks on some of our previous good keepers I think he's having a he's developed into a you know we, we haven't got to think about the goalkeeping position because he's set for a few years and what a and nice I, position to be in I completely agree with the gun stuff and the fact that he's gone under the radar and it, it came out in one of um, my group chats the, uh, the other day it was like actually player of the season like because this is the time of year that you might start logically mm. thinking about that Roe will have been out for maybe a bit too long for him to be a shoe in Josh Sargent might have been out for a bit too long for him to be part of the conversation for top three Gabby Sarah is someone that is definitely going to be top three like you can't see that but yeah, of course the, the bizarre thing is that then you look at right well who's been most consistent who's been most dependable and you are left with for me, Angus Gunn, because I think Angus Gunn has been excellent all season. His distribution has come on no end this season. Yeah. As you know, and I always thought that he was pretty decent in that regard with his feet. But actually, the way he's been able to clip balls out to full backs, which has really helped us on occasion where you know our full backs are, are pushed on, or he's just been quite careful with the ball. You know, the the contrast between him and Long in possession is is um, is massive. So you've got him. He would be my pick for player of the season right now. Um, but then you're probably talking about Kenny being part of the conversation. And that to me just seems bizarre, but it, it is out of consistency, it is out of dependability. And the fact that Kenny has probably had his best season in a Norwich City shirt, um, you know, and and I think that no one's going to deny that. He has, he, when he's been good, he's been very good. He's still got brain fart moments in him. Um, yeah, he's not referenced one of them. Yeah, well, <laughs> and in the Watford game as well, actually, you know, I think it was the Watford game. There was a couple that, you know, he nearly got us into hot water. Um, and Barnes did as well, I, I think. So we've still got mistakes in us. But but actually, you know, Angus has been terrific. Like, you know, really, like lots of people are now just saying, look, he is comfortably the best goalkeeper in the division. And... You know, I don't know about the other 23 championship goalkeepers in, in any kind of depth, but everyone that you see, you know, trot out to 
Carroll Road, it, you know, that none of them look a patch on him because he seems like he's got the full package, the absolute full package. Um, and it's he's one of those players that you now start to cast an eye towards the summer. And you think, well, you know, will a Premier League club maybe want to take a gamble on him? Because if there are scouts at our games, and you'd think there is with the, with the likes of Johnny Rowe and Sarah playing really well this season, they're going to see Angus Gunn and they're going to see that, you know, he is... He's up there, and it, you know he probably is a ten, fifteen million pound goalkeeper, just like he was in that first season where we had him on loan. Um, so yeah, player of the season for me. Okay, well let's do um, let's do some guarantees. Um, we've got this uh, interesting looking game coming up against Blackburn um, at the weekend. Uh, can I have a guaranteed goal uh, scorer uh, and a guaranteed scoreline, please? Given that. My predictions went so well on the last podcast where I said that we would score no goals, I think, over the two um, <laughs> games and probably yield one point. Uh, I think that was the QPR and Watford games that we were predicting. So yeah, um, I got the got the result right at QPR, I think. And then I said we'd lose to Watford just because it's Watford. Mm. Um, I think it's completely relying on whether Josh Sargent is fit. And it's really, like, I know you've asked me for a prediction and I'm going off on a tangent, but it's really interesting that it almost seems like it depends what mood his leg is in when they wake up as to how they can manage him. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just totally bizarre though, isn't it? It's yeah. like, oh, I'll wake leg up. Mood. Oh, do you feel all right? Yeah, fine. Crack on. Um, but it is completely reliant on him. So I'm, I'm going to say that I think we will get a score draw at Blackburn. I think it will be two, two. And I think that, um, I think Onel Hernandez might net. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be, uh, the boo boy, the boo boys would be uh, delighted to that they that they were proven correctly. What what well, do you reckon? What do you reckon was the percentage of of booing? Because it wasn't the twenty percent that Delia doesn't like. It was it was less than that. Because the thing is about boo, a boo is such a, a, a an audible sound. Like you only probably need about fifty people booing relatively yeah. close to each other, and it doesn't half carry. So I was I'd moved my seat. I was back in the lower Barclay for the Watford game. So I think you know. It was way more audible around where I was than maybe than other parts of the stadium. I, it felt like a good proportion of the Bar- the Barkley Lower that were joining in with that, and not necessarily just the booing, but the you don't know what you're doing, Chan. Yeah. I think that came out, and also just people just throwing expletives at the manager. And, and like again, you know, we can get into all the reasons for that, and it's probably not worth um, dissecting a bit more, but. It felt like everyone was. If they weren't doing that, they were looking at their mates and just going, "What? What's he up to? Like, what, really? Like, is that is that the move?" And, yeah. and you know, look, we can get into whether um, he was trying to shore up the midfield and give us a, a, a bit of a better base in possession. And did Nunez come on and make a difference? You know, all of those things. You know, you, you could construct a valid argument from that. But it felt at the time like it was regressing a little bit, and and that's why. So yeah, I, th- I think in terms of the Barkley lower. Wouldn't surprise me if it was a good fifty percent of people that were showing some audible signs of exasperation, not necessarily booing, but I would imagine that's different in a wholesale way for the remainder of the stadium. You know, yeah, it's it's weird because then on Saturday, the jubilation um, and the the singing and the variety of songs and the the just positivity again, even at, at one nil, which was so against the run of play that I think you know the players had earned. The on the ball city at that point they don't us getting behind them and um no I, I it's 
yeah, it, it, they talk about you know, game of two halves. That was that was a that was a sort of a, a game week of two halves. You know, second half of of Watford was so different, or pit bar, parts of you know the booing in the second half of Watford compared to the first half of um, Cardiff was like all's forgiven. We love you. We could never boo you guys. But there, there's definitely some sarcastic booing, which I found yeah, yeah. I found that hilarious. Yeah. Um. And and it also sort of occurred to me, similar to you know, um, Claire talking about potentially going forward, we could. Um, make a really big deal signaling what type of substitution it is. Maybe our thing could just be we boo every sub. <laughs> I just think that <laughs> you know, you know, there, you know, there are these quirks, and you know, our mate Andy Lawn has, has got a few of them in his in his fantastic book. Um, like, I think it would be a funny, it would be a funny quirk if, oh yeah, Norwich are those weird. Like whenever Norwich come here, they always boo all of their own substitutions. <laughs> it would be it would be an interesting thing to do, and they would also take. You can't affect the players then because if we boo everybody, they won't know who we yeah, really yeah. don't like. It's fine then; it'll take the ambiguity out of it. Yeah, no yeah. problem at all. Yeah, yeah. no, we, we'll boo who we want. We boo who we want. Um, anyway, right, okay. Well, my guarantee um, for the Blackburn game is it's going to be a, a fantastic three 0 win, um, and Sergeant is going to get his hat trick. Um, I mean, his goals per game is currently already incredibly positive, and the, the hat trick that he's going to get on Saturday is going to make that even better. Did you um, see his minutes per game, like our minutes per goal? Sorry, like our like almost the best in the country or something ridiculous. Like well, I know I'm, it's only from a sample section of ten games or whatever. No, thirteen games, but yeah, it's but still I mean, crazy. If, if he, but if he can stay fit and play nine, ten of the last thirteen, um. I, you can only, especially because of the, t- the, t- the people we're playing and the form of the, the, the people whose job it is to provide him with service. I, I thought Stacey was superb. McCallum, as I say, is in a really good run of form at the moment. Um, I thought that, uh, you know, we've mentioned that Nunez was playing really, really well. You know, the, the, the players around him are putting such good balls into the box and, and really seem to have got the hang around how to weight those passes, sort of not quite over the top, sort of around the corner passes. Um, you know, different to how Puki needed them slid through, but they seem to have mm-hmm. adjusted finally to that type of ball through now. Um, that you can see him finishing with you know tw- twenty games played and you know seventeen goals or something because he's just when when's he going to stop banging them in? He, he looks he looks. But I think so if, that, if that is the return and we don't go up, genuinely think that's an issue. Like I think well, he he would he would become someone who's hot property as is. Yeah. Already- you know, Sarah, as is Johnny Rowe, as might be Angus Gunn. And it's then from a club perspective, you know, I know we've got Sarge signed up on a long-term deal, so that's, that's less of an issue. We probably could extract you, another year from him. but We the, probably could, but the form he's in at the moment, the age he's in, the age he's yeah. in, that's a weird way of saying it, the age he's at and the form he's in, I think that the fee will be so big that he'll go anyway. I, I You know, everyone knows that strikers are worth their weight in gold in terms, you know, and you will pay top, top dollar. If you feel that he can bang in goals for you and he suits the way you play, um, maybe, maybe a championship team going up, you know, take him. And um, he is um, that, you know, you mentioned if we don't go, I, I, I still, I have always said this team is good enough to be a playoff team. This squad is good enough to be a playoff team. I, I think based on those remaining games and based on the way we're playing at the moment, even with probably one more bad streak to come, hopefully it's a small streak. Um, I think we probably will just about finish in the playoffs. I don't think we've got enough in us to go up. I, I think there's going to be one or two teams that have just got their stuff together slightly better than us in terms of an overall squad that will pip us. Um, I'm kind of the other way around. I don't think we'll make it. I think we'll probably still finish like eighth, ninth. Seventh or eighth, yeah. Yeah, like that that kind of ballpark. And I think there are teams that are still picking up points around us that, that will mean that that, you know, given that it's a three-point gap now and, you know, 
West Brom have pulled away a bit in fifth as as well. You know, there are like yeah, that win was big for them, wasn't it? Yeah, so five or six teams playing for they're only essentially four six. points away though. I mean, it's a two game swing, you know, with thirteen. You love a left. two game swing, you love, but, but, but you know. this is it. Like you won't, you know, you a, a bad Saturday Tuesday, which we've seen our team have and West Brom have seen themselves have recently. You have a bad Saturday Tuesday, and all of a sudden you're out of it. You know, it's it's. If, but I don't. If, th- I think yeah. if we got in, I actually think we'll we would have gathered enough momentum that yeah, I'd kind that. of fancy us. I'd, I'd be like, oh, hang, hang on, we could go and do this now. Because there will there will be two teams that are massively disappointed that they haven't made yes. it because they've averaged... Right now, I think if we got four teams that are averaging over two points a game, or if not yeah. very close to it, like they will be livid. All of the top four uh, are over two points a game. So Leeds United, 33-69. Scum, 33-69. Um, Southampton thirty three sixty seven. So all all three of them will feel like there have been seasons past where we would be comfortably in second without much of a chasing pack. We went up on like was it eighty five, eighty six points under Lambert? Some, like yeah, it was, it was, like it was yeah. a really low total. You know that that they will definitely exceed. So the psychological shift for them to then go mm, right, it's playoffs now. Um, yeah, and also yeah. it look it it really does look like. Uh, I mean, we'll see if we'll see what happens, but. At least one of Scum or or Saints or Leeds, whichever you know, one of the four. I'm not. It might not be two of them because one of one of those four might drop away. So Saints might not be able to maintain it. Scum might drop away. Um, but it looks like almost certain that one of them is going to find out they're in the playoffs on the last day, not going up. Yeah, and 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 that yeah. is the real gut punch because you've then got to go right. That's and that's Sunday, and then Friday night you you've got to get yourself ready to play a. A, a first leg and we've seen multiple times that if you get if it gets away from you in the first leg then it's too easy to set your team up to say hey we can even lose by two you know let's just keep the ball and control the game so you know you know if you were to if you went um if you went if you had a second leg and you were a couple of goals behind either Farker or Russ the way that they can control the ball you would it's a it's a stiff ask but they're going to be the teams that are going to probably have to get themselves up up for the game it's going to be interesting that that is that's the interesting psychological element west brom you feel have pretty much been nailed on for playoffs for such a long time they they you know it's playoffs or nothing for them and so they they're sort of hoping to get those two legs in a and a final mm. and and yeah that may, maybe the team that is in sixth whether it's nodge coventry um you know sunderland managed to you know uh, come back from the the ashes and and have a push with the new manager. Maybe it is that sixth team. Alas, so many teams before Alec Neal's Norwich and um, you know lots of Norwich teams before and that Sunderland team. You, you've seen it happen. You build momentum and and, and you you become unbeatable and you just have that amazing belief. But I don't know. I, it's I, it's I've the narrative. That we, I th- I've got a feeling we just we just fall short this season. But we'll we'll see. And what's great is that we are playing some football that's worth watching. We're creating some atmospheres that it's worth enjoying. And you know, I'm I'm really disappointed that it's uh, an away game that I can't get to um, this weekend. I wish it was another home game. I wish I was going back again. I, I, I you know, currently I'm right back. The, the club, the coach, um, let's, let, the team, and and the coach, not so much the club, have got me back to the point where I cannot wait for the next home game. And we've been saying uh, the yeah. polar opposite of that for most we of have. the season. So, well done them. It is a very nice feeling. I like just to go back on the playoffs a bit. It's the narrative that that worries me going into it because, say, we sneak into sixth. Like, let's just just play that out now. We are going to be playing one of an ex-manager, an ex-player, in terms of you know coaching them or a direct rival, and then 
the probability is, if it isn't West Brom, that we would be, be we would be playing one of them in the final as well. Yeah. So it would yeah. just like Sky Sports would be all over it. Would absolutely love it, especially if it was someone like Farker, like Leeds versus Norwich in the playoff yeah. semi or playoff final. It, it would be it would be ridiculous. Well, I, I mean, that, that's the I, bit that petrifies me. Yeah, I mean, I um, I think Farker's got our number better than than Russell. Um, yeah, Russell Scum. Um, Hard agree. Ru- Ru- Russ's team outplayed us um, for for passages of our games against them more than Leeds did. However, somehow you just don't quite feel like we are sussed by them as a as a gr- as a coaching group as a team. They don't. I think this is the Russell Martin team's Leeds. full stop. Though apart from maybe that Swansea game where they rolled us over, but we were so shit at that. Yeah, game. two 0 wasn't it? But yeah. but they don't seem to have an awful lot of thrust about them like Russell Martin's team. Like they like end like they're brilliant in terms of possession and going side to side. Actually, you know, against organized teams that are going to be obdurate, I I'm not sure I've seen enough from them to go right, they're going to be really clinical. And that might be where they fall short this season and then maybe walk away with it next season after, you know, he's he's got a bit more coaching into them. And, don't a, few know, more, and, a, and a few and a couple more players. Yeah, a striker, I mean, I, yeah, essentially. You know, yeah. maybe like someone like if they had a Josh Sergeant, I think. You know, yeah, oh, this is it. I mean, they've got some fantastic strikers. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's the striker that's missing. I, I think it might be a, it might be a ten. It, it might be someone to link yeah. the the side to side of the of the back six. With, maybe they'd like Ashley Barnes. But they've got they've got Armstrong. They've got you know they've got some proper proper strikers there. Premier yeah, League fair. strikers. Yeah, I don't Adam think it's the, I don't, yeah, it's not the it's not the lack of lack of scoring ability. I, I think it is the transition, and like you say, that may well be coaching. Uh, you know, another 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 preseason of coaching them that. And here's how we flick the switch and go from side to side to a diagonal. Or, and, and or that's just Russell net. Martin teams, and that's why they haven't. Yeah. You know, like he hasn't won playoffs before, or he hasn't taken a team to promotion before, because you know that that's the kind of the, the missing ingredient. Which look, he's still a fledgling coach. If, well, if you look it. at it and, in terms and, of his age, and if we do, if we do fall slightly short, um, it's been a really um, entertaining season with in terms of actually playing some great stuff eventually uh, and getting some good results and, and performances. Um, and it will be a very, very interesting summer for both. You know that that's that's where ch- moving on from Wagner, which we haven't talked about the um, you know the the, the interest in, in Arsenal. Is it Cuesca? Is that how we pronounce it? Carlos Cuesta, I think. Cuesta. Like Sorry, I, I think okay. so. But like that may I may have absolutely butchered the pronunciation. Okay. So um, um, my mate, my I mean, mate I'm Carlos, all in on him. I'm all in are. on him. Of course, of course, you are. He's a coach from another country. Um, so uh, <laughs> you know, he's already in the Hall of Fame. Um, so. Carlos, my mate, he if he is to come in a period where we are selling the family jewels um, and we are, you know, all the assets are going and, you know, Sarah's off and Sergeant's off and Rose off and we get a bunch of, a bunch of cash to stabilise things um, and he's got a chance to build something, then it makes sense to move on from Wagner if he's going to have all of that taken away from him and we've got the opportunity to with that coaching pedigree. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's... If if he gets us into the playoffs and and we you know we yeah look, we get knocked out by Leeds over two legs or whatever, um, but you know we we you know we've got we've got to that stage. It's a big call really to it's to kick to, to, to kick yeah. him out to to kick him out when he's had a squad that's clearly imbalanced. I think has got the ability to get there and they've shown that in lots of games. It would be a big call for Napa to say actually Wagner, we want this Carlos lad to, to come in and oversee a rebuild. Um, I think the only way that he doesn't leave in the summer is if we get promoted. Yeah, it's interesting, like, that, isn't it? That's a really interesting... It's just a gut feel. 
But yeah, but it's, because, an, it's an interesting situation for him to feel because that was made very public, and we know that there's lots of truth in it. And it's an interesting thing for him to to face, knowing that that you know the, the his boss has got wandering eyes, um, and he probably knows himself. If I don't get these guys up, I am back on the the man- management merry-go-round over the summer. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's been a pleasure talking about the football team that we love the most, um, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, the guaranteed victory I predicted on Saturday. Enjoy it, yellow fans, wherever you are, and please do mind how you go. Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast. I'll start again. Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast, a brief blathering banter's bollocks brigade as we blithely bother ourselves on the bothersome boat. <sighs> this is a hard one. Welcome. <laughs> Don't laugh over me. Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast, a brief blathering banter's bollocks brigade as we blithely bother ourselves on the bothersome brief.